Welcome back, Fire for Effect Live. September, what in September? I'm right the fuck out of her tonight, man. February 7th. And uh, yeah, it's been a little while. We got a lot of shit to talk about. So with me tonight, I have my man, as always. Hang on, let me minimize myself. I'm going to get a producer. The Blue Rocketeer is back and also mm -hmm. sports expert, guru. <laughs> Mr. Ray Route. Look at those glasses. You look like a a fucking Italian mafioso, man. <laughs> What's going on? Always love coming here in September, man. It's always my favorite time. September, of favorite month, buddy. Winter's coming. It's a few months away. We've got a couple guests. Thanks for guys jumping in. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Technical difficulties, busy day. I was doing the radio show and I'm fucking around with new lighting. As you can see, the lighting's a little bit different. I'm still playing with it, but I'm going to leave it for now. We, uh, we get a rock and roll and get into her. And I've been drinking all day because you know what? I don't care if the Oilers didn't win last night. They can put that shit behind them. They don't have to worry about the hype anymore. They can just focus on playoffs. Get 16 straight wins, good to go. But that's not what I want to talk about. I got a football expert on in uh, in in the terms of Mr. Ray Rout. Super Bowl predictions, buddy. Oh, man. This is... Uh... This is gearing up to be an unpredictable Super Bowl, I guess you could say. So I think the last spread I saw was yesterday. I don't know if the, the line has changed, but Sam Fran was like a point and a half favorite. And that probably to me is like right where it should sit. It probably should sit more about even. Yeah. Um, I know for the Super Bowl, they're never going to have even odds. You're always going to have to put a favorite in there somewhere. But, man, when you look at both these teams – San Francisco just absolutely limped through the playoffs. They should have got knocked out to Green Bay. Green Bay shot themselves in the foot by not scoring yep. touchdowns to start those games. Um, they limp all the way to the Super Bowl. And then you look at the Kansas City Chiefs side, who grew stronger as the Super Bowl went on. But, I mean, when you look at the divisional round against the Buffalo Bills, and Sean McDermott is doing everything in his possible bean to throw that game away um kansas city still lets buffalo back into it and of course they stay on because of wide right they get to wide stay right so and then they they handle baltimore pretty simple but i think baltimore shot themselves in the foot a couple of times so this is a story as a new england patriots fan i have seen play out many many times and when i look at the kansas city chiefs um, no matter, you know, and I know that my fellow Patriot fans hate hearing this, but when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they are the New England Patriots of this era. I mean, this is what their third straight Super Bowl. This is their fourth in five years, I believe. You know, I, I know I'm around that territory somewhere. Um, and I think that when you look at this game, even if San Francisco didn't limp into the playoffs, Chris, I told you this. At the beginning of the season, I told you this when you rehashed the show uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm telling you this now. I do not bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because when it comes down to big games, those boys step up in big games. Travis Kelsey steps up in big games. The defense has kind of come alive a little bit when they're supposed to. It started making some plays when they need to. San Francisco's beat up. They've got guys hurt. 
Let's also not forget that Shanahan is an absolute choker in the Super Bowl. Going back to Super Bowl 51, offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons up 28-3. to He couldn't kill the clock with like seven minutes or eight minutes left in the third quarter. You couldn't kill the clock and call the right plays, calling passing plays when you should be running and just milking the clock down. And then you look at when Kansas City beat San Francisco in the fir- in Mahomes' first Super Bowl. That game was over, Chris. For che- I'm sorry, Chiefs fans. That game was over. San Fran had a 10-point lead with like 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, it even came down. Yeah, I couldn't believe that game. Couldn't believe it. Blew All my Jimmy mind. Garoppolo had to do was pick up a first down. Shanahan overthought the game again, took the ball out of certain guy's hands, put it back in at the wrong time. Um, Shanahan reminds me a lot of what happened to uh, – what's his name? The the, the Rams coach. Um, uh, what's his name? Great coach. Anyways, uh, L.A.'s first Super Bowl was Super Bowl 53 against the Patriots. The Patriots won the game 13-3. And I think that that game, what happened was – is he outthought himself. You know what I mean? He outthought himself in that game, and Bill Belichick took advantage of it. I think Shanahan on the San Francisco side outthinks himself in the big moments, in the big games. He's too smart. I I have an old saying, sometimes people are so smart they're stupid. And sometimes that's where Shanahan gets to. I look at Andy Reid, one of the best coaches to ever coach the game, it's like to me, like he's right there with Bill Belichick and Shula and, and Saban and those guys. They all sit on that kind of top shelf of pedigree of coaching. And you got the Super Bowl experience in them. You've got the experience in Andy Reid. You've got the brains. I've heard they've had Eric Benemy in the building talking to the team. Um, it's a very, very good team. San Fran's a one and a half point favorite. I'm taking Kansas City straight up to win this game. And I I think it's actually um, – it, it, it could be a two-score game, like a 10-point game or something like that, just because that's what it is. But it's really, at the end of the day, to keep the hype going, it could go either way. I'm just going with – I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Well, I'll tell you what. I was nervous against Buffalo, and they blew wide right on a tied game. Could have went either way after that, but that's in the books. I was more nervous against Baltimore, number one team in the league. And uh, they they just gave that game away. They fucking choked, and they gave that game away. So I, I feel bad for uh, Lamar Jackson, but it is what it is. But I'm not nervous in this game. And I f- probably should be, but I, I don't feel like I am. I feel like the Chiefs are, are poised. I think Tony's uh, going to drop balls again. He's going to be back. I just have no faith in that guy. Even Travis Kelsey, he'll step up for sure. And I don't, we're not talking about what's her name. I have a swear, a swift jar for that for here. If you say that name on Sunday, it's five bucks this time. I'm up in it. Five bucks every time the name gets mentioned in my house. But uh, he dropped three balls in that game against uh, against Buffalo. But he also caught four. So whatever. And then, you know, the running game, well, you got you got two guys who can run that ball. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. Rishi Rice Rishi Rice needs to have the biggest game of his life on Sunday. It can't think, be can't be just Kelsey. I, I agree with you, but I think I honestly think that this game's going to come down to coaching. I really do. Oh, I think sure. 
And and one thing that Kansas City has done to teams, they did it to Buffalo, they did it to Baltimore, and it's exactly what the New England Patriots did. Because if you look at like Super Bowl Forty Nine when when New England beat uh, Seattle, that wasn't a that was a good Patriots team. That wasn't a great Patriots team. Yeah. Um. You know they had a lot of holes on that team. But when I look at Kansas City, where they remind me in New England, and I, I and listen, I compare them to the New England Patriots now. This is the next. The Kansas City is going into, is in their dynasty as we speak. Um, where I compare them to New England, and this is the difference between a dynasty team and a one and done or a good team, is they make you pay for your mistakes. You have to play perfect football against Kansas City, or they're going to hurt you. And I always say this, man, if if I broke down a game to you, if you said to me, make a compilation of all the big plays that changed the course of this game, you're probably getting a two-minute video with three or four plays because that's the difference between winning a football game and losing a football game. The difference between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens and even the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers is these teams make the plays that need to be made, those three or four critical plays in the game, and they stay consistent enough. This is going to come down to coaching, and Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. Now that Belichick doesn't have a job, Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. He does it for now, but yeah, I guess. Uh, To me, it's going to be consistent defense that we've seen in the last two playoff games. So Chris Jones taking it to Purdy. That that's I need, I need to see more of that. It's gonna it's gonna be defense. Anyways, Chris Jones really settled himself in because he he had a really bad look after sitting out this season and sitting in the crowd and fighting wow, for his yeah. contract, yeah. and then came back and played like shit. Like he came back and played like shit. And it's like, buddy, you can't pull these kind of stunts and come back and and be a shitty player. But I'd say the the last half of the season, last quarter of the season, he really kind of stepped it up. Chris Jones, Sneed, and uh, the guy whose name I can't pronounce starts with a K. Dude, it just took me 10 minutes to remember Sean McVay's name. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is. Anyway, there's a couple of key guys. So, I'm with again, I'm picking the Chiefs by 10 points. I'm curious to see how many football fans we got in them. I know Daryl's. In there, Mr. High Explosive, OG Misfit. We got a few people on. Thanks. I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if you're an NFL fan, Morgan. What do you think? You could give two fucks about the football. Do you watch yeah. any sports? Yeah, go sports. Just, what do you watch yeah, for sports, the, man? Yeah, just throw the puck through the wickets or whatever, man. Like <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's not important. Hey Ray, I know you got to go, but million millions of dollars for a child's game. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> I say it all the time. We get so upset about a game that kids literally pay to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like golf. Like, I don't give a shit how many strokes I take. I fucking paid. I paid money. 100%. I take 100%. as many as I can. Dude, if I don't take at least 150 shots, I don't feel like I got my money's worth. Yeah, you know, right? Like, I want to go around another time and get another 300 points. Um, I'm going to let you punch out. I know you got shit to do, but I'm going to give you one opportunity to engage in this game and help us transition. So... We have a bit we do called, uh, if this would work, Ask an Army Guy. Is there anything you want to ask myself or Morgan before you uh, hit the bricks? And then we're going to start talking Army shit. Like ask you like about the Army or ask you about anything? Any question. Anything. doesn't have to be. It's just you're asking an Army Guy, but it could be anything. All right. So I'll prelude this by saying that 
I made an announcement this week that my significant other and I are finally getting married after being together for 20 years. Right? I don't have an applause thing, but if I did, I'd play it. Congratulations. I know it's been a long freaking time. I had no idea you weren't married. No, I've always, you know what? We've got two kids, a house. We've always figured we were married, but to celebrate 20 years together, we decided to tie the knot. Keep an eye on your email in the last next little while for your save the date, because obviously army Chris has to be at my wedding. Appreciate but, uh, that. Um, Okay, so I'll ask you this. I want to go, I decided for my wedding band, I don't I don't want to go traditional gold or anything like that. I want to go titanium black, and I want your guys' opinion. Should I go with the titanium black ring, or should I go with the traditional gold ring? So my wedding ring and was, tit- was titanium. Okay. It wasn't black. A lot of people are doing that. That's trendy. I see that all over the place. But I went with titanium because it's indestructible and lightweight. And now I'm divorced. <laughs> oh, shit. But we get along good morgan what do you think did you wear a wedding band when you were married yeah no i'm gonna go i'm gonna do the opposite way i'm gonna i'm more of a traditional person i'm i'm gonna go with uh with gold and i mean i don't know what i mean what the price of a, a titanium wedding band is. Hey, it's is cheap it is it really uh, cheap yeah. four or five hundred bucks yeah not much yeah, so i mean it's, realistically it's the same as a uh as a gold wedding band i mean Obviously, like a, a uh, I mean, maybe from like a safety point of view, a, a gold band will probably break a bit easier, which That's is a true. good thing instead of losing a finger. Because like if you if you hook a if you got a a, a titanium band on that band's not going to break, but your finger's coming off. So, yeah, I when, I, when I was working, I didn't wear it, and I, I'm not going to lie to you, Ray, because I didn't pick them. She she handled. She, they were done. Yeah. She goes here. I think, they a, are. I think a gold wedding band is just timeless. That's all. It is. So, so with your titanium story, I am pushing the limits here of, of my luck, I guess, because uh, a few people have told me, and I've heard this before we decided to get married, was if you wait too long, right, it's like, you know, like my dad always says, he knows people who dated for who were together for 20 years, as soon as they got married, they got divorced two years later, right? But I'm like, no, no, we're going to beat the odds. I got an appointment on Friday to get her name tattooed on me, and now I'm going to wear a titanium wedding ring. So I am pushing the uh the karma to see if i can survive holy shit you're going right, man. In. <laughs> you're you're in for a penny in for a pound right Fuck, man. It, anything worth doing is worth overdoing Fuck that's it, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's Chris, you know me buddy just impulsive man just gotta do it it's all in it's all or nothing i'll you tell you what though no. like the, the the name tattoo thing I'm, I'm i'm against that but that's for young guys i'm like listen man you might want to f- i know you just met this chick in the bar last week and that's an army guy thing. And yeah. then the next thing you know, you're getting your yeah. fucking name tattooed on you. But you guys are 20 years, two kids. I'd say, yeah, you're due, bro. Yeah, we got. Yeah, I got yeah, a you're... chance. I think we got a chance. Yeah, you got. A, you got a good. You know, yeah. you got a good foundation. <laughs> so, yeah, no, man, the black titanium. If that, because again, you got to blend it with your bling, right? So whatever. That's you it. And everything I wear is, is Italian steel and black. And yeah. so it all just I think it'll it be good. Find something you like. Is, is that what she wants? Is it gonna, they're going to match? She's good with it. No, it's not going to match. She's going to probably go gold as well. I think. I don't know. I'm not. So I'm not. I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be talking about publicly. But uh, no. Yeah, you but, better uh, check yourself. Don't worry. No, nobody think- watches this. For her and I, <laughs> for her and I, it was, uh, it just, we wanted, you know, because we, we said, like, we wanted to do this for us. We're not doing this for nobody else. And so, like, things like our wedding band, it's like, yeah. you know, black, ti- Chris, you know me, black titanium is me. You yeah, I know no, that's, that's you for sure, man. Yeah, so. It's going to be good, good with your white Oakleys contrast, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, one of the, one of the 10 pairs that I put on, right? But uh, 
look, I appreciate you boys. Look, I hope I can pop on another day when I have a full evening ahead of me so I can just chill out and talk. Yeah, this and, is uh, kind of thrown together. We're uh we're still fucking trying to figure it out and stuff. So but I appreciate right. your time, I really do. Appreciate you boys. Thank you. All right, you have a good night. Say hi to Mama Bear for me. I will. Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. Mr. Ray Rout, football expert and a good friend of mine. And we will uh we'll do this again. Oh, man, I didn't want to talk about the Ukraine. I've been trying to avoid it. Nah, whatever. Whatever. You're right into her, eh? What do we got here? This is a long... I can't read this. I got to bring this shit up. What do we got here? DBS and spoke about... Yeah, man, could you give us... Here we go. We got some questions. Current situation, the media response shifting to... Yeah, well, fuck, that's normal. That's a great question. I'm going to leave that up for a bit. So... This this war is dragged on. I'm going to throw out a couple bullet points and let people weigh in. Morgan, you can weigh in and then see what, yeah. the, what the viewers, listeners have to say because I know there's a couple people. The big thing is, one, I can't believe it's gone on this long. Like, I really thought this would be wrapped up. Moreover, <laughs> on the Russian side. Number two, maybe I have five points. I can't believe there's no air superiority yet. Like that, that fucking blows my mind that nobody has real, that's a lot of drone shit. I get it, but there's no air superiority. And I said this on, on DBS, fuck, like what, two years ago now? How long has this shit been going on? Two years? That first thing the Soviets, the Soviets, fucking Russians will do is establish air superiority, take out all their C3 command control communications, like do normal fucking doctrinal yeah. stuff and none of that happened so that blew my mind um one of the big things we're going to talk about today is they're they're running out of artillery ammunition and you know everybody knows me mostly as a counter id guy by trade i'm an artilleryman and my the thing i was probably best at was was a forward observer and i know if uh high explosives listen he's an exceptional forward observer and he can weigh in this as well they're running out of ammo, so I'd like to speak to that in a bit. And yeah, the media, it's its getting old. It's the same shit every day. They've reached a stalemate. And the media, it's fucking media is the worst thing in the world, especially Western media. It really is. It is. And the big thing with that is, is, is they're like a fucking goldfish in a, in a bowl. Oh, look, it's castle. Oh, look, it's castle. Oh, look, it's castle. So they've, they've shifted back to this whole Middle East oh. thing. Go so, ahead, man. so on the like on the media thing though, so I don't know if you heard. So oh, you know, everybody's well, love him or hate him. Well, Tucker Carlson is in Moscow right now, and allegedly he's going to do an interview with Putin. Now, obviously, the Western oh, media are, they're Thanks, not going to broadcast it, but you know, obviously, oh, Elon Musk is going to let it fly on 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 X. So my thing is, what happens if if they if he interviews him, and what if Putin says like, listen, like these are my terms. And imagine for one second that these terms are reasonable. Like nobody's going to get everything they want. Like Zelensky is not getting everything he wants, but neither no. is Putin. But no, imagine no, Putin and, says, and I, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe a wing nut like you know, if if Dennis Rodman can't go there, fucking send Tucker Car- Tucker Carlson there, right? So somebody's well, going to go well, talk to him. But but what I'm what I'm saying is that they have like we you know our, our our Western media has done a very good job of making Mr. Putin look like the absolute like like Satan incarnate, you know, and they're making Tucker Carlson look like a nut. 
But what happens when Elon Musk allows them to speak and the, and now the world gets to hear what Putin's terms are? And if his terms are reasonable, the the, the, the Western media is going to do everything just to, to tear it down. Yeah, maybe. And all, all of that means is that the Western media and the West wants this war. Because if Putin comes and says, listen, you know, the, you know, our soldiers are where they are. We're going to draw new lines right now. Like, we're going to keep the Donbass. We're going to keep Crimea, which is traditionally Russian anyway. And, you know. Well, it's going to happen. Because and then we then and they're, drop they're, not, they're, not, they're not getting anywhere. They're just killing fucking people. That's all they're doing. And um, and Ukraine is use, losing Western interest. And I use that in in quotes. They're they're ha- they're struggling to get resourced. They're struggling to get resupplied. They're struggling to get ammo. You know, we're still waiting on F 16s from uh, from from the Netherlands, which would really help them out a lot. I think for sure. Assuming you get the fucking armament to go with them, they uh, they're not getting the air defense shit we promised them because we fucked all that no. up, and, and now they want these old ass uh, line of sight direct fire rockets that have been sitting in a TDM and Dundurn for three hundred years that are like garbage. They're literally begging the Western world for our our leftover shit. We don't have any more ammo to give them because no, no. country is going to give them all their ammo. 155 no. ammo is the big one, and they're just not going to get all of it. No, and I guess this is another another reason why, like... I'm going to bring in Craig, uh, too, because he can jump in and ask us. Yeah, like, uh, and th- this is why I think, like I said, right now, what is it? We are at, they say, like, we got, in Canada, we got enough small arms ammo for, like, three days, right? And I well, believe maybe. there was a uh, something in the British media maybe. earlier this week, and they stated, like, I think the Brits have, like, a month's worth of ammo. Exactly. So, I mean, are we gonna, you know, are we gonna bleed ourselves dry so we don't have any, we don't have any goddamn ammo for ourselves? Well, that's just like, it. We're not, we're not going to do that. I mean, no, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. And I mean, and and we like to, we'll like, we'll kind of laugh at the Russians because someone will be like, ha ha, they just took fifteen hundred, you know, T fifty four fifty fives out of mothballs and they're using them. Ha ha. Look at all their shitty equipment. And I'm thinking now, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna quote Joseph Stalin. And St- one thing that Stalin said was. You know, quantity is a quality of its own. You know, would you rather have one Leopard 2A6 or would you rather have 1,500 T-54-55s? I'll take 1,500 T-54-55s. And we've proven this works because during the Second World War, the, the German Panzers were infinitely better than our Shermans. You know, and they, they we would kill, or they, like, they kill four Shermans to every one Panzer. The problem was there was always five goddamn Shermans. Right? No, you're not wrong. Um, like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, DJ Craig G. Thanks, Craig. Hey, buddy. He's my hey. uh, he's my boss on the radio show, and he's he's here for asking army guys. So you kind of nope. jumped in mid swing, so we're getting hot and heavy with with Ukraine right now, and 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 we got a few good questions out there from the, from the viewers. Mm-hmm. I I think, th- th- yeah, they're running out of resources. Russia's now pulling shit out of mothballs, which is makes sense and they're allegedly getting support from north korea i don't know if that's true or not i try to avoid reading uh mainstream media or media whatsoever but i kind of track this a little bit i don't know what uh what's going to happen there i I think they're fucked i'll tell you why they're running out already ammo because i'm not sure they're managing it very well 
I, I saw an interview with this drone pilot kid. They're using these drone kids, little Nintendo geeks. Who would have thought all that time you spent playing video games would, would come to fruition as a career opportunity in destroying the enemy? Well, it's true. It has. But if you've got an untrained observer who's just flying a drone around pointing at stuff and they're just pounding fucking thousands of uh, artillery rounds at it, that's not an effective use of artillery ammunition. A trained forward observer knows how to conserve ammo, knows how to what ammo to use at the right time for the right thing. And one, one of the big things that a trained artillery observer does is advises the support arm commander, the guy he's supporting, say an infantry you know, guy who's running a big group of guys, and advises him on which weapon systems he has at his disposal that he should use on certain targets, not just firing artillery ammo with everything. It's like one of, one of the, we used to laugh is how many targets can you talk the guy out of engaging with artillery? Say, so you know, you shouldn't use artillery in that. You should put, like in Canada, tanks on it or labs on it or fucking put snipers on that soft target or whatever. So it's, they're not doing that. They're, they're following a heavy metal warfare template from the eight seventies and eighties, I guess even the sixties and, and, and nobody uses more artillery in the world than the Russians. Uh, artillery in Russia is king of battle and their, their doctrinal template is to fucking hammer you with as much artillery as possible. And the Ukraine response to that is counter battery fire and, and to return it. But there's just no way all the comments are coming in. I'll get to them in a second. I'm fucking blind. So I got to put somebody up on big screen so I can zoom in. Yeah. I'll get to you guys' comments. Um, is to counter that. So they want this massive artillery war of attrition that neutralizes the enemy and then allows ground, ground forces, tanks and infantry to go in and hold and seize that ground. That That's the, the basic... I'm trying to explain this so everybody understands. Model that they're using. The problem is they cannot sustain it with Western 155 ammo, and they might need to go to 152 Eastern Block ammo and start bombing it off fucking Bosnia. I don't know where they're going to get it. Hey, Chris, I want to dovetail after actually what you said. Like you said, start using, instead of using our 155 because it's not sustainable. Use like the uh, you know Soviet era, whatever you said, it was like one five two or one five three. Now I think we should almost extend that um, that theory into all equipment. And what I mean by all equipment is like APCs, tanks. Now when you look at a lot of these uh, Eastern European countries, uh, they were all licensed to you know to to, uh, to produce, and they can produce you know T seventy two main battle tanks, T sixty four main battle tanks. I'm sure whatever artillery pieces and uh, Soviet ammo and all these things. I think we would have been better served taking our money if we want to support the Ukraine and giving it to these Eastern Bloc countries so they could produce the Soviet era equipment. So at least when a tank goes down, it's being replaced by more or less the same thing. It seems like one day they've got a, a they've got a T-72. Tomorrow they got a Leopard 1. The day after that, they got a Leopard 2. Like imagine if every single day you went to work, Chris, you had a different howitzer. Like, how effective are you really going to be? Well, sometimes we did. Um, M109s, LG1s, fucking C3s. Okay, fair, triple, fair triple enough, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking that, about that question. We, no, no, it doesn't work that way. No. So it's like I said, when they got three types of fucking tanks, they got leopards, 
They got Abrams and they got um, Challengers. Do they get Challengers? Yeah, and, they got, and they got still got some Soviet tanks too, right? And and they got Soviet tanks. Now think about the the maintenance of that. Yeah. Now your mechanics yeah. got to be trained on three different, four different fucking types. That's ridiculous. Now, I mean, think of like the sense. and the logistical tail for parts. Yeah, like commonality of parts. I mean, it's the same reason. Why do you think NATO went to like one standard? You know, like small arm. We got you know nine millimeter five five six and 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 seven six two. Yeah, this, right. This everybody uses the same goddamn thing. Why? Because logistically, it makes sense. If everybody's yeah. using different shit, well, it's a nightmare. And our mags are interchangeable, let alone the yeah. ammo. If you use that, what is it, Stanag? Stanag mags, yeah. Stanag mags, man. My mag will fit in, into a, uh, right. you know, a uh, SA-80, which is a Brit bullpup. Yeah. First, you know, whatever. So that was never going to be successful, and there's no bottomless pit of ammunition, whether it's 120-millimeter tank ammunition or 155 ammunition. The West has to keep some for itself. All Honestly. Western countries, it's not going to just continuously feed the beast. And if you want to tool up uh, ammunition manufacturing to feed this machine, like it's just like, fuck, I don't know if that's going to happen. What do you think, Craig? Amen. <laughs> do you have any? I'll show you the bit we're doing here. So we're not going off on a tangent. Restream change all their I'm shit. I'm sorry, the Blue Rocketeer. What? I'm sorry, brother. What's your name? Morgan. Morgan. Nice to meet you, Morgan. Finally, yeah, I've actually wanted to talk. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, man. That's his uh, studio. <laughs> <laughs> that's Morgan's studio. That's Morgan's yeah. studio, man. He's <laughs> modified uh, quite well. So yeah, so Craig, I brought you on. Uh, we're doing this bit tonight, where you get to ask anything. It doesn't have to be about the military. You're asking an army guy on anything. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the show is not to just bullshit everybody and tell you how smart we are when it comes to fancy army terms. Mm-hmm. It's to basically offer the viewers, the listeners, our perspective on any given thing. Could be a life problem, a job thing, how we'd approach whatever. Like, so, you know, you know take your time and think about it. But we, yeah, we've been kind of going on about Ukraine. I don't have all the answers. I think that conflict's going to go on for a long time, and it will be a war of attrition. And that attrition also includes Western support and interest in it. But at the end of the day, here, here's my last thoughts on that, and I'll, I'll bounce this off you guys. And, Craig, you can weigh in too. First of all, Russia can't win this war in Europe. On the other hand, Putin can't lose. Now, that sounds like a loaded statement. Yeah. So think about that. And this was said yeah. two years ago. He can't yeah. he can't lose, but Russia can't win. Hmm. Fucking crickets on that well, one. Okay, well, that I'll, went I'll, on. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you and disagree with you at the same time, Chris. I mean, I agree with the statement, like, on his face. But to say that Putin can't win, uh, it uh, what is winning? So in in the you know in the media, Zelensky has said, in order for, a, a victory for Ukraine means they get back all of their territory, and there's no Russians in the Ukraine. That's just not going to happen. The Russians no. are not giving up the Crimea. It's done uh, since 2014. It's fucking done, right? Yeah. So I, I did they plan, whereas that. Putin Putin has said uh, they, they they tried peace talks, but uh, uh, the who was it the uh, Prime Minister of the uh, UK at the time. Uh, 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 Boris uh, Johnson kind of shut it down, and uh, Putin was willing to say, "Okay, we're going to you know redraw borders on a map here." 
Uh, and well, yeah, redraw the borders on the map. Yep. So now like Crimea, yeah, yeah. Donbass, and these places are prior to Russia. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we're, we're, it, it's over and it's done with. So, I mean, so if that's winning why, for Why didn't they just have a fucking vote? You know, like when Quebec wants to leave every 15 years. Okay, but, but the problem is, Chris, you like you said, it's going to come back to the mainstream media. How many hundreds of thousands of people and shit? But I don't know. So, I mean, if Board you look at the Soviet, if you look at like the Soviet Union prior to like 1991, that like the, or you look at, yeah, the Soviet Union pre-1991 before it dissolved. Yeah. I mean, those lines for Ukraine were arbitrarily essentially drawn on a goddamn map. Uh, th- I mean, the Crimea it was always Russian. So, I mean, and apparently, I mean, they, they've had multiple uh, uh, referendums and they voted, but then our media says, no, it's bullshit because it was, you know, Russians were counting the votes. And then if, if we do it, then the Russians are like, no, it's bullshit because the West was counting the votes. Wow, so I mean, you, we can vote it all day long. Well, both right? those countries are corrupt. Like people fucking, you know, want to praise uh, Ukraine and all this great stuff and Zelensky. But I know dudes that were on uh, that training mission over there prior to this thing kicking off and fucking mm-hmm. that that country had tons of corruption. It's the same as Russia. So you're right. Who the hell are you going to trust? Yeah. Can't trust. You can't trust that if it's if it's corrupt. I mean. Even like I mean, right now I mean the the the, the official leader of the opposition I can't remember her name now I believe uh, Miss uh, Tomashenko she was jailed for seven years for abuse of power uh, and it's, it's really hokey and you know all of the uh, the the opposition parties have essentially been kind of shut down. But that's in Russia. No, that's in that's in Ukraine. Okay, okay, I don't, yeah. Fuck you, do your homework, man. Now you've been sitting. Yeah, around. like so. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying you know rah rah Russia, but I'm saying like there's more to this than we're being told here in the, in, in the West, right? Oh, I agree with that. I just don't think Russia should be able to allowed to flex into fucking Western Europe. You know, no, okay, for no reason. Okay, fair, fair enough. I, I agree with you 100, Chris. However, in 1991, we said that at the, when the Soviet Union was dissolved. None of the Eastern Bloc countries we said would become part of NATO. Poland, Romania, the Baltic states, now they're all part of NATO. We, to- we, we told the Russians that we wouldn't do it, and we did. And we're creeping closer and closer. And one thing, one of the things that Putin said, another thing that he wants for peace is, with, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, Ukraine will never be part of NATO. Not to mention, we're trying to fast track them into NATO. You cannot join NATO if... You have disputed borders, but we're trying to like break our own rules so these people can be part of NATO, but they don't qualify. I right? can't speak to that ninety-one. So, we, so what I'm saying, made, I don't know. I don't. I can't speak. The, you know, we, we've been we, we've we've been the one breaking rules here. Sure. And you're wondering. And you're wondering. Imagine if it was the other way around. Imagine if you know the Russians were started pushing, started pushing east. And we'd be just, we'd be like, no, man, you're not, you know, now you got more and more Soviet bloc countries. We'd be like, whoa, 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 absolutely not. You said you wouldn't, and you did. You crawfished on it, and you fucked us over. That's fair. Yeah, I no, mean, I get this, it. This is, all, this is all open source stuff. Go back, look, look at, at, at the, uh, the, you know, everything that was drawn up in 1991 when the Soviet Union dissolved. It's all there. I'd have to look. I'd have to look back on that. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I really it's, would. It's straightforward. 
when the Iron Curtain fell, but I mean, so what? His Iron Curtain was his version of his of his NATO. So now it's ours. So fuck you. Sucks to be you. I don't care. Fair, fair, fair enough. But what we're saying is that we sh- we we shook on and said these countries <laughs> are not going to be part of NATO, and now they are. Hmm. I'm going to fucking look up that. And make sure we're and I I believe you because you read yeah, more yeah. than I do. No, look at um, look it up. Like it's now like it's you know because who because who was the 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 leader of Soviet Union and you know when it dissolved, right? It was was it the uh, fucking uh, or, uh, no the Gorbachev? Yeah, he had that map of Grenada on his head. Yeah, um, yeah. Gorbachev, Gorbachev was you know uh, I think he had he a bit of a bad rap, but in, in all rights, I think he was kind of a smart man. And 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 uh, th- these were like Gorbachev's terms. <laughs> Nerf fair. I'm sure we fucked it up. We were, we were good at fucking things up, right? We'll uh, we'll get a fall. You, you know, it's, it's just like. You know why did we go? Why, why did the West go into uh, Iraq for weapons of mass destruction? Great. I mean, okay, that's not the West. That's George Bush. We totally found. Fair enough. Whatever. But who's and, who's and, in and the driver's seat of, of, of a Western vehicle not, there? I get it. I'm United States of America. Don't fucking think you're sucking me into this rabbit hole. I'm not going down that road, man. Just saying. I know. We're not involved. We're just feeding the machine, and 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 that money's That's running bad. out. The interest and, and money is running out. So Ukraine's going to have to figure it the fuck out, and they better exactly. be able to go to and, the table. And as and as the the West loses interest in this, like I said, then all is, it's a war, if it's a war of attrition, then again Putin's going to win, right? Yes, the Russians yes. are really good at having everybody else exhaust their 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 logistics, That's spend all the money. Athletes. I mean, I don't know if you remember this limited skirmish in nineteen forty two. In this place called Stalingrad, yeah, so it was just a fucking small event on the on the historical right. horizon. There's a small event on the Volga River, yep. you know, called Stalingrad, uh, and and right. and look what they did. And I honestly believe, hand on my heart, that in a war of attrition without continued Western support, which is dwindling, the Russians will win. So if I was Zelensky, who's popular or not popular right now, depending on who you're talking to, because he wants to fire his head of the military, um, he better figure out what he's willing to give up because. In a sustained long conflict with dwindling Western Western support, I would think not. I would think firing the head of your military at this particular point in time is probably a bad, decision. probably a bad that, idea, right? That's really bad idea. No, hundred percent. That's, that's just my opinion, right? And you're not wrong because there's a bunch of interview with like the troops, frontline guys in Ukraine, and they're all pro whatever Buddy's name is, and they're not anti Zelensky. They're just like. Rather see him step down in the head of the military. So there's some fucking conflict there. And 100 correct. When you're balls deep, you know you don't you don't switch out your head guy. No, um, yeah. that's not very very fucking smart. So no. I've actually I do have a couple questions for you guys. So okay, we'll, we're gonna answer if, uh, if you if you don't mind. OG but Misfit I want I actually yeah. So OG Misfit here says so I drink James Ready 5.5. What is that? It's, it's beer you can buy in New Brunswick. It's fucking oh, is this, terrible. Oh, we got some East Coast is. shit going on here. It's fucking awful. I've tried Pilsner and found it the worst beer I've consumed. Can you justify its existence? I absolutely can. I work. You go ahead. One I, of the, I gotta go get another Pilsner while you work. I question. actually work. I work for one of the places that actually spell that actually sells both beers, and I can tell you that, um, yeah, James Ready is just not. It's not it. I just no. I can't. I fit. Oh. Buddy, I can't. I can't stomach it. I just. I cannot do it. I can't. Just can't no, do it. Pils I can't do is it actually either. really. Pils is a really good beer. Actually, it's. Uh, it's. It's not bad. I'm actually drinking Heineken right now. So 
that's that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm you know what Morgan, you know what I'm doing, I'm, buddy. I'm drinking a beer that Army Chris would make fun of. That's what I'm drinking. Right what do you drink? Heineken. <laughs> Heineken. Yeah. You know what? In 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 the Netherlands, nobody fucking drinks Heineken. <laughs> What's that? That's a classic thing too. In uh, uh, was it uh, Stella, Belgium, right? Same thing. Like yeah, that's in, wife beater beer there. On, honestly, there it's like here. it's like Canadian. It's like it's it's not anything special. But yeah. here, of course, it's like a wonderful import kind of thing. I go to right? Europe. But, a lot and i and when i'm in belgium i don't drink stella yeah oh no uh, absolutely well, not no no you 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 drink something else absolutely you so drink, when i come out in the summertime when i come out in the summer you got to get me some of this james ready five five morgan have you had this you're fucking you east coast yeah I, I i i had it when i was in when i lived in new brunswick and it was uh it was less than impressive <laughs> yeah it's not uh sorry it's just i i uh og misfit you sound you you sound like a great person my friend but yeah yeah man. fucking terrible taste in beer so that's that's what i have to say but that but anyway um <laughs> go ahead <laughs> craig pills gives me some filthy bread like overproof oh okay all right well it's their own right so i i drink i'm i'm one of those beer snobs i'm one of those craft guys so. i uh I like all kinds of beer, but my, my yeah. default go-to is Pill. Pills is a great beer. A when I'm on a patio, I like Grasshopper. Uh, yeah. Big Rock Grasshopper. Are you talking about Grasshopper? Like Big Rock Grasshopper. Big Rock Grasshopper. Yeah. That's an Alberta beer, Brewing Calgary. Of course it is. Yeah. Big and Rock's I like a it. I like it with a chunk of lemon. I'm not a fruity beer guy, but when I'm on yeah. a patio, I want a Grasshopper what? with a slice of lemon, and it's meant to be served that way, and that's how I like it. One of my yeah, all-time favorite Canadian beers, actually, is uh, Big Rock Traditional Ale. It's a fantastic beer. Yeah, Big Rock. Really and great. I have my own private Fabulous. reserve of uh, Positive Mike's beer. I, didn't, I don't have any up here because i drank it all mm. and he uh he made a fire for effect beer for me i probably might have a few left that i save for guys but nice. but yeah okay. um so, so go I, ahead, got Craig. Two, I got two questions for you guys and i think right. both of them are good and one of them actually uh morgan and and you were talking about a while back in in regards to kind of censorship and sort of the government that we're we're currently under and what have you um i have my days where i don't mind the government and i have my days where i absolutely can't stand them so it just depends on depends on my mood i guess essentially probably like most canadians these days so the first question that i have though for you guys is would you say that saving private ryan is one of the greatest um examples of what it could possibly be like to jump off of a boat and storm a beach like are, like basically what i'm wondering is from from each of you i'd love to get what each of your favorite um military movies movies are i just think saving private ryan is is the beginning of it everybody knows is absolutely insane and everyone's looking at it thinking like is that actually what it was like what it was fucking like and then you you hear some podcasters of like army brats and they say you have no idea like jumping off of a boat onto a beach that you've never seen before and realizing that you're getting fired upon there's no other feeling like that so i'm just wondering if the two of you guys uh would be able to well uh, talk I, about your right. favorites morgan's an infantryman by trade so i'm gonna let him answer this first uh a uh, movie let me see i mean that's kind of a I mean, Saving Private Ryan is definitely is definitely up there. But I'm also a big fan of uh, I, I really enjoyed Black Hawk Down. I mean, Black Hawk mm. Down was I, I I think was well done as something a little bit more modern. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, I think along the lines of Saving Private Ryan, I mean, the original Band of Brothers. I mean, that series was like that was next level. 
But I, I think Craig's well, driving at the vision. Because you know, it, it was interesting because it was it the uh, the uh, the airborne uh, the airborne drop, you know, because, I mean, that was going on at the same time. I mean, so you had, you know, saving Private Ryan D-Day, it was happening. But, I mean, that, that drop was happening at, like, D-1, D-2. So you kind of get to see uh, – you, you kind of get to see that. Uh, another one, uh, one that you guys have you ever? It was it's based on a book. It's called Generation Kill. Have you guys ever ever seen that? It's a no, it's HBO miniseries. No. Was, if you've never seen it, it's it's worth watching. It takes place during the invasion of Iraq in two thousand and three with a bunch of Force Recon Marines, and it's it's a true story, right? Uh, and uh, it it follows a you know a, a company of reconnaissance Marines, you know, from the beginning of the invasion un, until they actually get to Baghdad. And it was the book was written by a Rolling Stone reporter. And in the movie, like he's there, like embedded with these recon Marines. And it's kind of interesting because you, you know, I mean, you, you, you watch Saving Private Ryan and you got a, you know, a 1940s mentality and you got, you know, the, the you know, the greatest generation and things like that. But think of like us, Chris, and, and our generation, you know, like, like Gen Xers and, 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 uh, and millennials, mm-hmm. like, yeah, exactly. You know, everybody's exactly. got a fucking GoPro on their head and just the shit we talk about and just kind of how rude we are and how we don't give a shit and the video games and all these things. Like, so it's, it's in some, I, I know for, for me anyway, it was very relatable. So, and it was, you know, kind of entertaining. So if you've never seen it, it's a seven parter and it's really worth watching. Very cool. Morgan, if I can ask you real quick. Sorry, Chris, we'll get to you in just a second, brother. Sorry, I don't mean to take over your pod or anything. Here. Oh, no, just, not, but no, I just, I'm wondering too, uh, both of you, have uh, either of you seen um, American Sniper? Yes. Yeah, and what, what did you think of what did you think of that? Oh, Morgan's a sniper, so I'll let him speak to that. I mean, oh, it was... wow, okay. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, no, he's a sniper. No, I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, no. Uh... By the, I'm sorry, by the way, thank you for your service, brother. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. Loved every second of it, man. My career was excellent. It was, I mean, it was a good movie. It was, it was well done. I mean, but like anything, I mean, you get your, your, your Hollywood, your Hollywood twists on yeah. everything and it yeah. gets a little yeah. bit, a little bit too Hollywood, but I mean, I mean, the movie was well done. Bradley Cooper did a good job. I mean, and I mean, that movie essentially spanned over, I mean, Chris Kyle did like a half a dozen deployments. So, I mean, this is an hour and a half movie that they tried, you know, it was six years essentially to try to cram into yeah. two hours. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of things that were missed. That again was based on a book, you know, that was written or you know, you know, Chris Kyle's, you know, story. You know, God rest his soul. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think it was fairly true to form. Like I know from like a sniper's point of view, like uh, and you know, they say he was like the the uh, the, uh, uh, the deadliest sni- uh, uh, sniper in U.S. history or, or or something along those lines because of his uh, you know his uh, uh, his amount of kills that he had. Because, I mean, he was in, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from the man at all by any means, but I mean, he was, he did so many deployments and he was in a target rich environment, like places like Fallujah and and Baghdad. So, I mean, it's like being in Saskatchewan shooting gophers. Like if you're in Saskatchewan (laughs) shooting gophers, you're going to shoot a shitload of them, you know, on an afternoon in in July. So, I mean, he, you know, I mean, but he was, I mean, fuck, he was doing the business and, and he, everything that everybody says about him, all the good. I mean, the man, he, he deserves it. And, uh. So it, it, it was well done, but unfortunately, so much information in so little time. So there's things that are missed, and there's some, and, and in Hollywood, I mean, with that the uh, the uh, the Iraqi sniper, they, they kind of that was a bit 
far-fetched, you know, this guy's with a dragon off shooting things at like fucking two miles. Like, that's not fucking happening. <laughs> you know, right. but uh, yeah, yeah. Right. But there was absolutely these like Iraqis, you know, snipers with dragon offs that were deadly accurate and and they were an absolute you know threat. The the greatest threat to a sniper is another sniper. So nice. it was it was, so, it was yeah, well I'm, done, but a little bit Hollywood. The reason I'm asking the two of you guys this is because I think you know you see like uh Jock uh was it was it Jocko Jocko Willink. Uh, Jocko yep. Willink, right? You see like all of these guys on YouTube and stuff like that. And they tell you, you know, he does like the breakdown, which is really, really cool and stuff like that. Of like, there's this one movie where like some sniper pulls up and shoots a guy in the side of the head and he just falls perfectly back onto someone's arms that are waiting in the lake. And, and, and Jocko's like, no, that's no. not happening. Right. <laughs> a person doesn't drop like that. Right. No. You know, so it's like, well, that's but I think, I think that's why I'm asking you guys this is because with you guys with real world experience um it's 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 physically impossible for me to know what it's like to get off of you know an airplane somewhere jump in you know a jeep get deployed you know at some at some place in the middle east know know what that smell is like still to this day when you wake up in the morning and you know, know what a, a camel spider is too. Like, uh, yeah. is that what it was, Army Chris? Right? So, yeah, that's a horrible right? fucking animal. But right. So back- it's like that's that's basically what I'm asking you guys. This is like you know, in regards to some films, I, I, I appreciate Morgan some of the the ideas and examples that you've given us so far in regards to the things that you've looked at that you've thought, um, uh, you know, are really uh, are really great. One of my wife, actually, my wife just chimed in. She's like, "Oh, you're talking to Chris and Morgan, um, uh, Gallipoli." the 1981 film well i'm gonna go back um, to saving private ryan first yeah. right yeah um the, the the first part of it is what i want to speak to is how visually intense that it is yeah and yeah the, the i vo- think that's the thing it's it like it just instantly as soon as you yep. see those so the those volume ships going across you're just like your stomach starts turning in I'm not, i've never been in the army before you know it, it's, it's like, insane so the volume of firepower you see and in the opening scene of that movie is very accurate. The Hollywood mm-hmm. part is for you as a viewer, they need to they they amp up the visuals, right? Right. Whereas in real life, and Morgan, you can speak to this, you, you can't see that many bullets in real life. No. Right? Not every round is a tracer. So they created this amazing visual with with the uh German MG42, which is still probably one of the greatest machine guns ever made. Sorry, Chris, yeah. can you just really quickly explain what a tracer is? What is well, that exactly? A tracer round is, is an incendiary round that allows you to see the flight path of the projectile. Right? Okay, so imagine how do you I'm just wondering how would you have one of those in a handgun? Well, you can't hand okay, okay. All right. So, so like machine gun only. my magazines were oh, loaded. Okay, like so this. O- like automatic weapons and semi-automatic. Yeah. Okay, I loaded I all it. my mags it. in Afghanistan right. like yeah. this. My first three rounds in in a 30 round mag, but we never had 30 in because it wasn't good for them. It was more like 27 to 29. Um were were trace rounds. So that I can indicate a target to my guys. They could see the bullets go towards the target and say, okay. bad guys are over there. So the first three. And then the last two rounds were also trace, so I knew I was going to run out of ammo. And does okay. that help? Does that help the other guys in your? In that your I'm going to run out like... of ammo? Well, not really. That's more of a me thing. Okay. Uh, so each mag was was about three trace, 
20 ball or, or 22 normal bullets and then two more trace in the back end. So I knew that my mag was going to be empty and I stacked all my mags that way. Now in the movie, enough about that shit in the movie, you see a lot more tracer fire to give you the viewer, the visual of how much shit's flying through the air of how intense it is. Yeah. 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 But when you're in under contact, first of all, there's an old ad is you don't hear the round that, that kills you. Okay. So if you heard a crack, and you're you're alive because the bullet moves faster than sound. So yeah. you okay. don't when you so hear that, or see the muzzle flashes, that's a good thing. That's that's a great question. Uh, have either of you? I hate to ask this, but have I have either of you been shot? Not shot, yeah. but shot at. Shot, shot at. <laughs> okay, right. Obviously, you've been shot at. But um, yeah. so there's that classic thing of of a Hollywood movie when someone gets shot. It's like right, and it's like it. Is that what it sounds like? That's what or a round that- actually sounds like flying through the air. It goes. Yeah. They Holy got a different fuck, version are you serious? No, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Part, part, of, part of training that we, we, well, we used to do it. I don't know if they still do it. What you do is you, you'd, uh, you, you'd have like a machine gun, you'd have a machine gun set up and then guys would actually be forward of the machine gun in, in like a depression. I hope ground, we're still doing that. Right. And. Uh, so the machine gun would get fired over their head. We used to call it battle inoculation. So that way you could actually hear what a bullet sounded like, or what bullet sounded like flying over your head. And then it would hit like a backstop. It would hit the, the you know, a bit like a yeah. lump of dirt, you know, whatever, a couple hundred meters past it. And we call it like a cracked, a cracked thump. Down. Crack thump. So yeah. the soldiers would kind of get down on their knees kind of thing. And, and someone would just shoot over their heads to see. Yeah. You're in a depression. Of this is what it sounds and like. Just fire, and they would fire different weapon systems. So you, you knew the sound of 50 Cal yeah. 7.62, 556, like whatever it is, yeah. you, you had an idea of what that sound yeah. sounds like from when it, from the crack, that's yeah. the fucking, when it's fired to when it goes over your head and land, you know, impacts or whatever. Right. Yeah, picture like you're 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 sitting in a in a trench that's dug in the ground, but you're sitting in the bottom of it, and bullets are flying over your head, right? Right. So, and then is there that classic thing too of like from the time that you hear the gun leave or the the bullet leave the gun from the the crack, the initial crack? Well, you'll hear the bullet to the go point over of impact first. You'll hear is the that... bullet. You'll hear the bullet go over your head. Right. Then you'll hear. Then you'll hear the the report of the gun when it actually fired. Right. Once again, the bullet's moving faster than sound, so it's like right. bang spang spang like that okay so then that gives you guys an idea as to where that sniper or those shooters could be. well that's the theory actually in reality it's a fucking gong show it's a gong uh, show yeah but it, it, in theory like it, if if you know the because there's a time of flight on the bullet from the crack to the thump like if it's like crack thump crack thump they're pretty you, you're like yeah they're pretty close but if it's, it's like 200 crack, meters, right. 300 meters whatever oh, you're like okay he's probably further away right See, that's why I'm wondering, guys, this this fucking awesome. Like, this is the type of stuff that I've wanted to ask Army guys is the fact that, like, you see so many movies of somebody like, you know, pew, right? And all of a sudden, you, you, the the hero of the movie is like, boom, boom, and they end up shooting the, the you know, the, the lead bad guy in the head, right? In the middle of the head. It's like they know exactly where they shot from. But you guys are saying the likelihood of that's probably not going to, you're not going to know exactly where a bullet has, you know, a bullet's like, like start, uh, the, the the start of its flight basically is what no, i'm saying right it, like the only way the i mean the, the way you, you you know generally speaking where it's coming from if it's being fired from like an automatic weapon if you were to look to, if you were to look around 
you're going to see the weapon signature. So, I mean, that machine gun, if it's rocking at like, I mean, the cyclic rate of a, of a C6 is, I don't know, like a couple thousand rounds a minute. So it's going to stir up all kinds of dust and grass and shit and corruption. So right. one, you're going to hear it, and two, you're going to see it. And then you'll and see the muzzle. If it's at night, and that's, you're going to see muzzle flash. With, that's coupled with like situational awareness. It's the yeah. first thing we do if, if you're like a, a guy of Mayan Morgan's rank who's been in a game a while is where is it likely to be coming from first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Where Where am I likely? Because typically in Afghanistan, you're getting ambushed, right? Unless you're on a, a deliberate op, then they're defensively dug in and they're engaging you as you advance. So it's where are they likely to be engaging us from? And then from there, we're going to figure out specifically where it's from so that we can put resources on that. So essentially what you guys are saying is like, okay, so say you're looking at like, oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't know how to paint a picture. I'm not a movie. I'm not a movie guy or anything like that. But like, say you, you kind of can tell that maybe, I don't know. 50 to 80 yards away 100 yards away or something like that you you can cut almost tell where gunfire is coming from at that point in time you guys would end up taking cover and then look towards that area and figure out okay there's a bunker there's a vehicle there's a an oil drum or whatever like those are the types of places where the uh, the enemy could be hiding out is is like that's that's kind of the way you would do it pretty close yeah pretty close civilian description so typically we use something and i'm not going to get too far into it we have an acronym called GRIT, and I'm going to focus on the R-I-T. Don't worry about the G. And that's the range, indication type of target. So it's like left, 11 o'clock, 200 meters, uh, enemy fucking sniper, whatever. So it tells the rest of the guys in your group, that's the G, which could be a section, platoon, whatever, where that bad guy is. Sounds good on paper, doesn't really work out that way all the time. But we have a method to identify it, right? Because you're not just, it's not you, it's you and your guys. When you're mounted, it's a little bit harder. When you're dismounted, you got more eyes on. And you're, you're constantly communicating with your guys if you have, you know, radios or hand signals or yelling, whatever. Sorry, what's just, the difference between mounted and dismounted? Sorry. You're in a vehicle. Oh, so okay. you're in like an armored yep, vehicle, like a lav. Yeah. Well, the got only it. guys who have eyes on is the gunner and basically the crew commander. Right, so you come under contact. Where is it? And then but now you're talking within the convoy to the other vehicles in the convoy. It's like contact left, okay, and then some tr- turrets swing over, and then boom, 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 boom. Oh, this boom. is insane, man. Holy but when you're shit. dismounted, you're counting on your guys or you. Like everybody has to communicate dismounted as to where it's coming from. So where is it likely to be coming from? And then it's somebody has to. Using you know a methodology that we have is identify that target that allows the section commander, platoon commander, whatever, to determine what his response is going to be to that to that uh, threat. Yeah, is that I try to explain this in no, that's that's actually that's brilliant. Okay, so uh, here's another quick question for you guys. Um, I I thought I I think I'm not sure what it's like uh, the difference between you know Canadian American um, forces and all that good stuff but um there's the one movie where somebody was walking through and apparently a hallway is like the worst thing in the world for you guys like the worst because people can come out of almost anywhere kind of thing 
Well, you're going to um, get into CQB shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if right. you're, so, the minute you find yourself inside of a building, it's, uh, fuck, it's that fucking totally really a game. game. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Ask, so, ask I'm wondering, me. there was the uh, thing of like um, a guy basically like walking past and tapping somebody on the shoulder saying, I'm the last guy in line. Like all of those last types man, of things. Yeah. Last, yeah, last yeah. man up or what have you. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I'm, fuck. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I just, I, again, the, like, you guys have to. It, one of the things that I find so fucking impressive about all of the forces, all of them, is the fact that you guys have to have language in absolute quiet. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you guys have to be able to communicate in silence, and I well, find that and, and that's, fucking that's fascinating. Just done through repetitive drill and re- repetition, repetition, yeah. repetition, repetition. We all. And sometimes not that you gotta have you gotta be able to do absolute silence. Sometimes it's so goddamn loud you can't speak either. Like for sure, it's, it's all like you gotta be able to look at people and send people, and and, and you gotta you gotta be able to communicate. Like, Actually, that, fucking, like, that's charades. a really good point. I've I've found it harder to communicate in louder situations than yeah. quiet situations. Jesus, when, when so, there's so much going, going on, on you cannot. I I can't yeah. communicate. So it's like I look at you and go, "Look at me." That's that was that yeah. means. And it's like that way, fucking. And then you really count on so the smallest stay down, stay low, or like the smallest group you work in. Is it just? Is it a lot of like hand, like just obvious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all all the hands. All these things are things we train on. It's all scripted. Like it's it's its own language, really, right? Fuck, that's just, amazing. Just, just like, like some, somebody is... that's somebody that's deaf has like you know American or British sign language. language. Yeah, we've got yeah, our own absolutely. our own hand signals. Absolutely, yeah. You guys would absolutely have to. And the whole thing is, is I mean, listen, the average deaf person is going to be the first person to say, "I don't have people firing at me." So, like, if you meet uh, Morgan you are know, on the street, if you meet Morgan are on the street and he's twenty fucking feet down the way, and I go like this, he knows exactly what I mean. Yeah. You don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about. That no means idea. come here, come here, on me, on me. No way on yeah. me. Yeah. It's just little things, man. That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing that, guys. I I really appreciate this. Well, that's uh, why we have these sorry, sessions. Sorry, that's why we've got these rock and roll sessions. Okay, so Chris, you actually started talking briefly about um, uh, Saving Private Ryan, but you haven't given us um, a movie that you think was really was really cool. Morgan's were awesome. So well, so Morgan talked about American Sniper, and I'll I'll tell you what. So I ran two deployments. I ran counter ID teams, bomb disposal teams. Well, the last one for sure, and I did a bunch of different shit on the first oh, one. Here, com- here comes the Hurt Locker. Here comes the Hurt Locker. So okay, movie, okay. Have you seen the Hurt Locker, Jeremy mm-hmm. Renner? Yep. yep. Great, great movie for 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 a Hollywood movie, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. entirely. And the equipment is very accurate that they use yeah. in the movie. Like uh, it's Meta and God nine bomb suits. They got pack bots. They got hook and line kits. All the right stuff to do bomb disposal. But the methodology is fucking a thousand percent Hollywood. Yeah. So we got interviewed. When it, it came out right when we were deploying in 2009. And we got like, I don't know if it was a sneak peek, but we got interviewed all the guys in my squadron on, not all, everybody, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A few guys on what we thought of that movie. We had to preview it in Wainwright in modular tenage. It was really fun on pre-deployment training. And again, great piece of great, great piece of filmmaking, but that is conventional. Real bomb disposal is not near as exciting as that movie makes it out to be. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh. Fuck. Um, but yeah, I just like a few others like fucking popped in my mind. But one thing I, I will say about American Sniper, you know that opening scene 
where Chris Kyle is on the roof. Yep, and, of course. Uh, with the kid, there's, with there's, the kid. there's a, an American M1 Abrams tank. There's and Marines he's got a spotter with him. And yeah, yeah, like that. That right, like that right there was like very well done. That was very accurate. Like I have essentially been like in that position. You're that, that's a, a task that a sniper, like a sniper team, will be handed and just call Overwatch. Most of the time, it's pretty boring. Most of the time, nothing happens, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that you're up there. You're usually in that position prior to like that ground unit moving through whatever piece of ground that that you've been observing. So as they're moving in, you can kind of relay information. You'd be like, yeah, you know, here's some, uh, you know, here's some real time information. I've been watching it. Like, watch out for this. Stay away from that, and stay away from this road. Or I watch somebody, you know, do something nefarious, you know, on this go trail or what have you, right? And then in the event that, like, they, because you're you're in an elevated position, um, you know, I was just going to ask you that, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're you're in an elevated position, and if you see somebody that's going to, you know, cause harm to those guys on the ground, well, then it's your job to kind of dispatch that bad guy, right? So that is that that like that that right there, like at that very opening scene in, in uh, uh, American Sniper, that was oh, no. that was really well done. So yeah, would you have would you have like a and like it was a very micro- accurate. Yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry, Chris. Uh, would you essentially have like a microphone, like w- with you being in that kind of like upward position, like the like the top? Yeah, you're going to have right? a, you're, you're, you're in elevated communication position. systems. Do, does your is your communication system like constantly live, or do you have to like kind of click in and say, guys, watch, you know, twelve o'clock? There's a a red car. There there might be somebody behind it. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like. you yeah, it's not live. It's not live. You you got to press a button. Okay. You yeah, know, right, because okay. there's there's one net and there's so many people trying to talk on it. So like me, like I'm a like a sniper is not we're not the main event. Like we're we're a supporting element, right? So I'm not going to clog up the airwaves, you know, telling a goddamn story. When as, as soon as I see them, I let them know. I'm like, hey boys, like just so you know, I'm in the area. Here's my location. I've got eyes on. If you need me, I'm here. Out, right? And unless I see something that is a direct threat, I don't say a goddamn word, right? Call sign chaos. Amazing. Holy fuck, man. Like this is the type of stuff that the average person has no idea because again Hollywood doesn't get into this type of stuff right as far oh, as I they're think concerned they try. I, I think they I think try. I think I think they do sure I I think they try their best absolutely and I think you know like we've brought up I think some films have have definitely tried their best I have a, a lot of respect for you know for the uh, yeah. for saving private Ryan we, we we were soldiers Vietnam that one. was a good one that's a good one yeah yeah for you sure. want to see yeah. a fucking cool one that not not a lot of people have heard of watch uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, I've heard of that. But I've never medic, seen it, but I've the, heard of it. Uh, fucking Medal of Honor. It is fucking crazy, man. The shit that guy goes through. Even like, uh, like Platoon with you know. Platoon's a great, good. All of us did a good movie. job. There's a lot well, of good. Ones. Yeah, you were gonna uh, you were gonna say something there about uh, Gallipoli, 1981 or 83. Yeah, uh, uh, 1981. Yeah, no, it's just my wife's uh, favorite film, and uh, she just she loved that. Um, uh, yeah, so just I, I mean, was that, just, was that was 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 that a Mel Gibson film? Uh, it was, uh, it, I think uh, so. it was an Aussie film. Yeah. Mel Gibson and Mark Lee. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was a good, it was a, it was a good movie. Well. I got the only reason. I mean, I, I, I watched that because when I joined the military, I was in, uh, I was, I was in the Royal Newfoundland regiment. And funny enough, there were oh, the only, uh, well, I mean the two units that were in Gallipoli, there was Australians and there were Newfoundlanders. So the only uh, North Americans that Excellent. were in Gallipoli were from Newfoundland. There you oh, go. Wow. There's your factoid tip of the night. Very cool. No, so we've got to true. We talked yeah, about the regiment actually has a Gallipoli battle honor. We got to get Ryan Lindley to do that. There's the point of the night kind of thing. Actually, you to do that question because we're not doing fucking minute at the movies here. Um, 
Ryan says, who are your be the best allies? Well, I'm going to go first because I got more tours. Right or fucking Morgan did cooler shit. And because on all four deployments, the guys I work with the best, no disrespect to any Americans, were the Brits. That's my answer. Cool. I'm not gonna quantify it. I'm just telling you. Uh, Morgan, your thoughts? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Americans just because of air, air, work with air, air, support, air support. Yeah. Air support. <laughs> well, definitely on the last tour, the Americans were, but I, I, I'm I'm kind of balancing the, this across four tours in three different places. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, but the Americans also create a lot of fucking problems for me in Kandahar City. So, but I'm going to leave that out of it. They weren't they weren't the finest that America had to offer, and I've worked with the finest that America yeah. had to offer. So it's that's kind of a, <clears throat> a really tough question. Fair question, Ryan. But in general, my experience working with the Brits, not always good, was the best. But there are times working with the Americans was the best. Yeah. You should have said who was the shittiest. <laughs> okay. um, the Romanians. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No offense to Romania. You have great gymnasts. Stay the fuck home. Oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, we gotta wrap this shit up. Cause I have to edit a radio show tonight. That's all right. I had another question asked, but I'll ask it now. You can time. no no, we're, no, we're no go for it. Wrap up means we you know we got about no, five. Yeah, minutes. I gotta be straight up honest with you. This one I honestly, honestly God, I know Morgan and I'll talk about this for an hour. And it's it's well go ahead. I gotta go get well, a beer. It's essentially it's essentially, you know, people having to turn their their guns in. Oh, Christ. Um, oh, I, I, that's uh, a separate pod, man. We're right. Not, like I no, told you, I no. actually left. Well, it's, I, it's okay. Funny. So if, if I could say something real quick here, um, oh, I see Morgan, real Morgan, quick. Morgan actually said, uh, one night he was like, fuck, you know, Craig seems like a cool guy. Yeah, you I guys talk to him. I'll be right back. Because, I got to read yeah, okay. my, my pill. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Go for so it. I'm going to hide you guys. One night, calling. one night I had said, uh, three things. I think in like a YouTube comment or something like that, I basically said, um, you know, uh, three ways the government manages to essentially turn you into, you know, what they want you to be. Number one, take away free speech. Number two, take away your right to bear arms. And I think that's, I don't remember what the third one was, but it was basically one of those things. And it's like, you know, essentially that turns you into 1984, the yeah. handmaid's tale, brave new world, you know, all those things. Uh, I mean, all of those, those uh, dystopias. Um, yeah. And, and, and I just, for me, you know, I, I personally speaking, I, I just want to be able to have the ability to, you know, I mean, there's that classic Jim Jeffries, you know, thing of, oh, I want these guns to protect me and protect my family. It's like, well, in actual fact, I really do. Because if all of a sudden my government decides to go rogue, I want to be able to, I want yeah. to be able to protect myself. Yeah. I don't want Justin Trudeau saying to me, well, you don't really need that gun because of the fact that we know that we're not doing very well right now. And so consequently, we don't want anybody going insane or what have you. I get that, but at the other, the, the flip side of the coin is like someone like me, who keeps them locked up. I, I don't want to turn anything into anybody because I'm sorry if all of a sudden Justin decides to say, you know what, fuck all of you one day. I want to be able to protect myself. I might be protecting myself against a drone, but at least I want that option, right? Yeah, like, and no, well, well, that's it. I mean, like, they're, yeah, it's an easy thing to politicize, and it's an easy thing to kind of. If you know it nothing is. about firearms, yeah. you're like, guns are bad, full stop. However, like you said, 
look like like if you look at Canadian statistics anyway. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Americans and their Second Amendment or anything like that because we're we're, yeah. we're Canada. But God love the Americans and I love them. They're awesome. But uh, mm-hmm. like I said, what what by by taking away like I said by taking away your firearms by taking away my firearms. I mean, what is that going to do? Do you think the criminals are going to be like, oh shit, well, I got to turn mine in now too? No, they're criminals. Like this, it's ridiculous. And yeah. I mean, even like like because uh, uh, Stats Canada even has like <laughs> statistics on it, like people who oh fuck uh, like uh, gun owners in Canada are less likely to do to commit crimes than non gun owners. We're going so, into overtime no, you're absolutely on right. Fireproof Effect Live tonight. I got no yeah, problem. Sorry, we're going overtime but, because I actually have one more statistic really quickly, Morgan. I just yeah. want to jump into really quickly and yeah. give you this statistic. I don't know if you've heard this recently, but the police chief actually came out here in Toronto uh, recently and said that like an A crime, like basically somebody is in your home. It yeah. takes the police 22 minutes to get there. Yeah. So it's like so police, 22. So in, tw- so in 22 minutes, you've been either raped or killed. Yeah, they've taken all your shit, and they're long fucking gone before the police have have, have even gotten a chance to jump in their car and and get to your home. Yeah, right? the police. So, like, yeah, the, the the police are minutes away when seconds count. I mean, right. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Canada, we are paying for this. We yeah. are paying for that. Yeah, twenty two minutes for the police to get to your home. That's where your tax dollars are going. Yeah. That's and why you, I say and, and shit's like, fucked up right now. The government will say like you don't need you don't need guns and you don't need ammo, but then federal governments you know across the Western world are buying guns and ammo like it's going yeah. out of fucking style and and, yeah. and and I will say an alarming rate. So if I'm looking yeah. at the, if the government's buying all these guns and ammo, maybe I should too. Like yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> mm. and exactly. I mean, anyway. black guns matter. Yeah. To come, I mean, to come back to your your point about you know like a like a, a, a the, the possibility of a tyrannical government and someone's like oh you got a tinfoil hat on I'm like dude. It, Look at the last hundred years. It's it's look happened. The, look, how look many at, look, times? Exactly. Look at the Bolshevik. Look at the Bolsheviks. Look at yep. Mao. Look at Pol Pot. Exactly. I mean, the, the list. And, of, and, I mean, Hitler did the same liber- thing to the Jews, right? And liberals and liberals on average are going to be the ones to say you're fucking you're fucking crazy. And it's like, but you guys are also the ones that were the ones that were first fucking exterminated because yeah. you weren't looking after yourself, right? So it's yeah. like it's 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 so fucking it's such a yeah it's a crazy it's, it's, it's bizarre like. It doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, you could, like I said, the, the, I mean, history is history, and it's right there. You just got to pick yeah. up a book and read it. That's right. And yeah, you know, unfortunately, people are afraid of history, right? Yeah. A fr- well, I mean, a, a friend of mine, his, gra- his grandmother was uh, a, a you know a prisoner in, in Auschwitz and, and survived. My and, my wife, my wife's family were yeah half of them. Yeah, were and that's one thing that he that, and one thing that she told him was like, don't ever let the government. You know, take your uh, take your firearms ever under any circumstance. There was a T-shirt. I was gonna buy it, and I sh- I fucking should. Being a redneck Albertan, and it says, <laughs> "When when the government tells you you don't need guns, you need guns." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, there was that classic Ronald Reagan line too of uh, 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 how did it go again? Um, hi, I'm here from the government, and I. Uh, what's the worst thing you can hear in your day? Is hi, I'm here from the government, and I'm here to help. Yeah, like all, <laughs> right. all these, all you know, these. Even anti- Reagan, even Reagan said, even that. Reagan, like yeah. all these anti-gun. Uh, <laughs> I love the anti-government people, except when it comes to guns. Like fuck the CRA, fuck this, fuck that. But oh no, we don't need guns. And don't get me wrong, I've said this before. I've done a whole mm. show on this. It's very controversial, and the assumption is because I'm a white middle-aged male that drives a pickup truck. Where's camouflage ball hats served in the army and live in Alberta. Right. And, I'm, and I have lots of fucking guns, not, not mm-hmm. a stupid amount, the right amount. Exactly. Um, and that I'm yeah. a, this, this pro super gun guy. And the reality is I don't think that everybody in his dog should have guns. 
Yeah. I don't think because, that, but I, but if you're gonna say that, I'd be like, I don't think everybody and their dog should have a driver's license and a goddamn half ton truck either. Well, I was like, because they're dangerous. That's my point, and I'll give you a good example. I, I know friends, I know people that are in the like, the RCMP is underfunded as fuck, like the military. Yeah. That barely f- get to fire their service pistol with with government issued ammo more than once a year. So mm-hmm. when I see like the RCMP guy who doesn't like me because uh, I ride a motorcycle or whatever, and he's got his hand on his gun, I see the older partner there. I'm like, can they tell that guy to calm down because I'm I'm not confident he actually knows how to use that fucking thing. I know right. I do, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he doesn't. So, so I've, I've said th- I've said this I before. I've already said this already to my wife. Guns. Yeah, so I've said that. Sorry, Morgan. I've said this to my wife already. It's like if if shit was to ever fucking go down, we're either going to your place, Morgan, or your place, Chris. We're fu- yeah. we're coming to live with you guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's I know all a ton of it. assholes who have a ton of guns that don't know how to use them. Yeah, no, but here, I got eight but, million but, rounds of ammo. When the apocalypse happens, they're like, oh, "I got eight million rounds of ammo. How much do you got?" I said, "I don't. Doesn't matter. I'll just come get yours." Yeah. But joke, it's, obviously. It's but. interesting what you said, though, Chris. Like, like you know, you you said like we all know plenty of guys in the military that you know barely know what the dangerous end of a C seven is. Correct. And there's and there's plenty of cops that like you're like, oh my god, I can't believe they gave you a pistol, and you you qualify with like ten rounds a year. If you know, you're lucky. Now, you know, and you're but you're you're afraid of a civilian, a straight, dirty, flat faced fucking civilian having a firearm, and I'm like, this guy is no more fucking proficient. Then or you 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 think that that this guy's gonna be less proficient than a member of law enforcement or military? I would argue that the civilian is probably going to be more proficient. And having worked a little bit in this industry, the best shooters I know, whether it's pistol, carbine, or even long range, like I'm talking like extreme long range, dude, are straight flat based civilians. Never served a day in the fucking army. That's so true. I'd probably just love going to a range and practicing shoot, and getting they better. They shoot more. Yeah. We've sent yeah. we've sent uh, yeah. our special well, operations guys down to the United States to a school for long range shooting run by civvies. Yeah, um, wow. that, and, now, that's the flip side. There's some gun nuts that are very, 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 very competent that never wore a uniform and never mm-hmm. probably never been on a two way range practice, meaning yeah. being shot at. But I can promise you this: here's here's what I'm talking about, and I'm going to use a real life example here. And I've said this before on this on this show a long time ago. Just because you take some two-day fucking course, which is all that's required in Canada to get an unrestricted firearms license that at the time allowed you to buy a pistol. They're evil now. You can't buy them. I had a friend, and they wanted a pistol. And I said, why? Why do you need They're a civvy. Well, I just like them, and I want one at home. I said, okay. So they did their course. They're all proud of themselves, and they're going to go buy a fucking handgun. And they're asking me which one I should buy and all this fucking shit. And I said, you shouldn't have one. And they got mad at me. And I went, why are you mad? Well, because I really want this. I said, you have no competency in that fucking, in in that thing. Oh, I took the two-day course. So I went upstairs and I got my pistol, brought it down, and I racked it so it's hot. And I handed it to them, barrel pointed at me, and they freaked the fuck out. I said, you just proved my point. To me and Morgan, it, it's like a fucking screwdriver, whether it's a pistol, uh, a, a carbine. It's just a tool, uh, yeah. It's a tool, yeah. and yeah. I am 100% comfortable with it, loaded or unloaded. It's a natural extension yeah. of, of, of my body that helps me achieve whatever my job is. Now, not everybody is like that, and, to, yeah. and a lot of people in the military are not like that. Fucking no. trust me. I know that. Morgan knows that 
as well. Yeah. It's it's those people who are that's how when you hear about some kid somebody accidentally shot themselves or their buddy or whatever just because you take some bullshit two-day course i don't believe that like that's good enough like we go through weeks of training with any given weapon before we are entry-level competency with that weapon in the, in the military so some fucking civvy that took a two-day course unless they put the time in and that's what morgan's alluding to there's they put the time in they're at the range every week blah 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 putting in the time and become very comfortable with that thing it's a danger to them and others and yeah. that's why i say no not everybody in this fucking dog should have a should have a goddamn gun in this country right so that's my yeah. two cents whereas i whereas i guess i'm the i'm the i'm the fucking i'm the freedom guy and i'm like guess what freedom is fucking dangerous I'm waiting like, for your manifesto you know, to freedom come. Is, free, free, freedom is dangerous, and if and if and if, if 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 it meant that you know people can kind of do whatever the hell they want as long as you know they're not infringing on my goddamn fucking rights, I'm like more power to you, man. Like you know what, I fuck it. I respect you too so goddamn much. You know, one thing I will say in regards to the to I'm going to ban the word thing. freedom from this podcast. But it's honestly, in regards abused. to the word in regards to the word freedom, the one thing that I will say in regard in, in in regards to things being taken away from us like first off i mean we all know we do not have free speech in this country no we don't we don't no, we hell don't. no you don't uh we don't um we have had you know firearms taken away from us the the ability to essentially protect ourselves right um one thing for me that absolutely you know listen i'm i i consider myself a conservative liberal right i believe in lgbtq all of that good stuff everybody's got their own rights love who you want to love i really don't care it, it's right none, it's really technically it's none of my business right i do yeah. have conservative tendencies you're, li you're uh, a libertarian right. is what you are well kind i guess so yeah i yeah. guess i i guess i am like technically speaking i am one of those guys that as far as capital punishment goes if it's absolute like a like a like a um Paul um Bernardo yeah. absolutely goodbye see you later you don't yeah. need to be here I I have if there's gray area then absolutely no yeah but the sure. thing for me was in regards to what happened very very recently was when the government starts fucking around with people's bank accounts yeah that's a problem yeah that's a serious serious fucking problem and everybody needs to wake the fuck up I don't give a shit what side of the fence you're on okay yeah. If somebody, if somebody is basically saying to you, we're going to determine whether or not this week you can buy fucking diapers, that's a problem. Because and, those are the no, sorry, Morgan, yeah. those are the people that you pay. Never. Craig doesn't get this soapbox on his own pod no. because well, gonna, I don't. Well, I'm fucking loving this. I got to come back next week. Well, one thing. Well, we'll <laughs> not, we'll fucking emergencies act next week if well, you want, but we can't well, do this thing, all tonight. Yeah one, yeah. one more thing, though. Like, like you said, with regards to the bank accounts, and just from a uh how the rest of the world viewed and views canada now if 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 you people actually yep. take the time to go to, to to search out like british news even everything like al jazeera rt it, like uh, anything that's not canadian yeah uh, look at like uh uh you know news from from czechia from slovakia from romania they, they you know, point from the to Baltic bank if you yep. look at their news how yep. because of that one event because how bank accounts were frozen they to Canada now versus what they did five years ago. Yeah, like like that made Canada look like a fucking goddamn banana republic. Like yep. that made I, us look so I, bad I, on the international I, stage, one, and most Canadians are not aware how how bad that made us look. 
100%. And as far as I'm concerned, those that froze those bank accounts should be taken to trial, as far as I'm concerned. Because if you are telling me what I'm able guys, to you guys like buy and not buy. I going on there? Yeah. I talk, I, to be honest, I'm sorry. I'm completely ignoring it. So basically, I'm just saying, like, oh. you, you know what, Morgan? You're absolutely right. I saw something on, um, I don't remember who it was, but it was literally a liberal american paper it wasn't ben shapiro it wasn't you no, know no. rebel news or anything like that it was literally a liberal paper liberal paper in the united states going freezing bank accounts don't like the sound of that very much yeah, <laughs> yeah look at a guy look at a guy who who look at a guy like uh, like bill maher i mean he had a like gavin newsom on on his show like he's an outspoken democrat he's a liberal and he says it every fucking day and i mean he looks at trudeau like he's a you know like he's mouse it on like yeah, you know, and this guy's a, a, a liberal through and through. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm putting a fucking bullet in this right, right. now. <laughs> There's uh, 75 podcasts in one fucking rant night here. Going on. Yeah. Uh, big <laughs> shout out to uh, DJ Craig G from uh, Revolution Radio Canada. Also, yeah. his fuck podcast, which you can listen to and watch. Sorry, watch on Twitch Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain. Yeah, Morgan's on with me. I got a radio show tomorrow night called. We got to uh, get Morgan on Canadian AF for sure. Oh fuck yeah, because that'll go well. Got to pick some fiddler songs. I <laughs> uh, listen to the mixtape tomorrow night, seven p.m. Mountain, yeah, can't nine wait. p.m. Eastern, and Saturday. Part two. Fuck yeah. Part two. She's in the. I'm just about done the edits, and you'll have it. That's great, buddy. Uh, we will do this again. I, I lo- actually, Craig, I love it. I love your energy and. And uh, we'll try to fucking like nail like just three topics, not fifteen in one go. <laughs> that might have been my fault. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. Yeah, yeah Ontario. Talking to you guys, like Ontario's I said, most right wing guy, Mister Craig Gador. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. oh, you said my last name correctly. Good I can you. say your last yeah, name. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have the like a bat- battle of right wing. We're gonna see who's no, better. Right-wing. We, we will do this again because I didn't I didn't know you were gonna get so passionate because he doesn't get to yeah. to do this on his show. It's a music no. show. Yeah, mostly um, on Monday nights, I'm just like, oh, this was this and that was that. But yeah, this Radio is, Canada. And yeah, and, but this oh, is no, 100%. Awesome. But yeah, no, you're welcome back anytime. And I, oh, I yeah, like you. And I, we are all about fucking going off script because that's what happens every time. And I have to re edit my descriptor of what it's about before I upload it to Spotify and shit because <laughs> it's never what we planned on talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's fine. So, and to everybody, who commented in OG Misfit, Ryan Lindley. I know how explosive was on here. Everybody else, I'm sorry if I didn't get to all your comments. I got to rejig where my monitor and shit is. A lot of comments. A lot of comments, which is good. We will be back in uh, two weeks. Topic TBD. Thank you very much. Craig, I'm going to punch out. You can hang in the green room if you want. Morgan, you can hang for a bit. I got to go through some sponsorship shit, so just sit tight, boys. So... Here we go. Fire for Effect live. And thank you guys for jumping in. Some uh, some good comments tonight. Brought to you by my man, Positive Mike. Positive Mike's Brewing. You can get the gear. Check out his socials. Look for Positive Mike on Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever the fuck, threads. And uh, I have the beer. You can't get the beer yet. But if you come over here, you can get the beer. Also brought to you by the Veteran Farmer. Um, they've been working with me. To help me with all my uh, my Veterans Affairs shit. And if you're looking for medicinal cannabis sources as a, to alternative mes- me- medicine, they will help you out. My good friends, my fucking favorite friends on earth, Mr. Jeff Nona and his family up at Lakeside Farmstead north of Edmonton. 
where you can get unbelievably amazing dairy products and the best Wagyu cross beef in Alberta. I get all my meat there. And uh, anybody who's seen my cooking on IG or has tasted my food knows that Jeff and his family produce the best beef, in my opinion. Check out the mixtape tomorrow night on revolutionradio.live. Yes, go to your phone. We have a new website. Go to revolutionradio.live. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., you're going to hear 1984 Part 2. That will be replayed on Saturday at the same time. There's a couple other shows that are on that, including Mr. Derek Lewis with uh, All Uncovered and soon Mr. Mad Dog Chris Myers with uh, The Rabbit Hole. And that is fucking her. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a good one, and I am out.